to the Icon Church podcast. Icon Church is one church in five locations. Our vision is human flourishing. We pray that this podcast helps you to flourish in life. For any more information about Icon Church, log on to our website at www.icon.church. We hope you enjoy this podcast. Evening, everyone. Doing good? Yeah? Three of us. You doing good? Well, uh, I believe God wants to speak to us tonight. And uh, so let's open our hearts to God's Word and what He wants to do in each and every one of us. So while we're still, let's, let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank You that You're in this place. Thank You that You want to speak to us. We open our hearts to Your Word and uh, we just pray, speak to us. Let us walk out of this place knowing You with our heads held high, knowing that you're for us, not against us. And if you're for us, nothing can stand against us in Jesus' name. And everyone said? Amen. Amen. So good. Why don't you give uh, three people a coronavirus welcome? So I'm going to give you an advance warning. This is not the title of my message, but I'm going to make a joke. And I give an advance warning because I know a lot of people make notes and they make them look really pretty. And if I say this is the title of my message and you write it down and then I say it's not, I've ruined your notebook for you. So I'm understanding. The title of my message is Coronavirus Tips 101. And uh, here's the first one. It's going to come up on the screen. Wash your hands like you've got a nightclub stamp and you don't want your youth pastor to see. Uh, so funny. It's a guy called, it's pastor in America, David Hall, and it's so funny. And uh, in Australia, what did I say? America. Anyway, the title of my message, you ready? For all those taking notes, wanting to enter heaven. It's called Anointed. It's actually called, called, anointed, gifted, and waiting. Called, anointed, gifted, and waiting. Let me just read one verse to us. And uh, it comes from uh, 1 Samuel 16 and verse 18. talks about David. David's just been anointed to be king. And it says this, uh, one of the servants of uh, Saul at the time, one of the servants of Saul answered, I have seen a son of Jesse of Bethlehem. This is David, who knows how to play the harp. He's a brave man and a warrior. He speaks well and is a fine-looking man. And the Lord is with him. Uh, does anyone like me hate waiting? Yeah, you hate waiting. Like, you hate cues. Yeah, three of us. Everyone else, like, we're going to leave you stood outside in the rain to queue for church because you obviously love cues. Uh, you hate uh, traffic jams. You hate waiting in traffic jams. I think, um, I, I, I was trying to think, where have I got this from? This, this kind of sense of I hate waiting. I hate waiting for stuff. Well, uh, I think part of it is from, uh, inherited from my dad. 
My dad hates waiting, especially traffic jams. And we're quite similar in the fact of uh, if we're five minutes early, that's kind of like on time. Anything after that, and it's late. Um, and, uh, but like traffic jams, we would, uh, you know, for me, I, I'd rather drive round and drive extra miles to feel like I'm still moving somebody somewhere than actually waiting, yeah? I think, I think there's a few in the place who are with me. Um, but I think God had a sense of humour when he uh, put me and Debbie together. Because I've been waiting all my life for her to get ready. And um, she even made me wait when we first met. Um, we were serving at uh, what is one event now. And uh, we were serving on the... Uh, youth team, we were prayer partners and we kind of got to know each other over the weekend. I invested a lot of time into getting to know Debbie and, you know, uh, you know, like just sidelined all of my friends on that weekend to just get to know Debbie. Uh, we, play, we spent a lot of time in the uh, 24-7 prayer tent. Whoa, 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 we were, we didn't kiss or hold hands, because we know that stuff makes babies. Okay. And uh, at the end of the event, everyone's exchanging numbers. And uh, Debbie says, uh, can I have your number? And I said, yes, you can. <laughs> or it might have been the other way around. And Debbie, no, actually, yeah, you're right. I asked Debbie for her number, and she said, no, I'll take yours. I thought I'd been friend-zoned. Like, anyone ever been friend-zoned? <laughs> Glyn's like, yeah. <laughs> now, has anyone ever been best friend-zoned? Like, there's a friend-zone and then there's best friend-zone. No, best friend-zone is where actually the person you like talks about the people they like and it's definitely not you. If you've ever been scarred by that, we'll have ministry afterwards and uh, best friends. But Debbie kept me waiting. Now, um, she didn't wait long. She only waited a day till she texted me because, of course. Anyway, but, but then all, all my life been waiting. Debbie, are you ready? Debbie, are you ready? We've got to go in two minutes. Yes, I'll be two minutes. Ten minutes later, Debbie, are you ready? Wedding day. She's adamant it wasn't her uh, fault that she was 45 minutes late. Only 45 minutes. I mean, that was good for Debbie. But I hate waiting. And uh, I think God's got a great sense of humour. But the the verse that we read about David is a a verse where Saul's calling for somebody to come and play the harp and, uh, and, uh, you know, he's calling for a good harp player and a servant mentions David. But just before this, we read in 1 Samuel 16 that actually David's been anointed to be king. Samuel has, has gone, he's a prophet, and he's gone to anoint the next king. And he, he comes to Jesse's house, and Jesse is David's father, but David's got seven older brothers. He's got seven older brothers. Uh, they could have been called Lloyds, because they had a lot of kids. And uh, David's got seven older brothers, and so Samuel comes, and Jesse has lined up all of his sons in kind of like age order, but David's not there. 
It's kind of like he's the youngest. We'll leave him out of the way. And so uh, Samuel comes and I, I think the first guy is Eliab. And he comes and he sees this guy and, you know, he's like big, strong. He looks like he could be a, a king, you know. And uh, Samuel's like, this is him. This is going to be easy. This day is going to be easy. This is him. He looks like the king. Well, he doesn't get that like God moment of like, no, this is the one. And, and Samuel's like, no, God, have you seen him? Like, have you seen him? And uh, God's response is, hey, don't look at the outward. I look to the heart. And, and so he gets, he goes over with his oil to an, an, anoint him and he goes down the row of all seven of uh, David's older brothers and none of them, he doesn't get that, you know, God saying, this is the one. He doesn't get that. And so can you imagine being Samuel? He's like, uh, I'm having a bad day today, aren't I? Like, surely I've, called, I've asked Jesse to bring all of his sons. I've gone down the row of like his seven sons and it's like, None of them, God has said none of them, like I must have, like, you know, I'm just having a bad day today. This is not good. Like, you know, am I really hearing God? Is this really happening? He must have felt, and then he asked Jesse, have you got any more sons? Can you imagine how awkward that would have been? Like, uh, have you got any more sons? And, and, and Jesse's like, yeah, I've got the youngest one. He's out in the field. And, and so he calls calls David and the moment David steps in, there it is. He's king. And God says, anoint him. Like anoint him to be king. You need to anoint him. And so Samuel anoints him. He's anointed to be king. And then David does nothing. Like you would imagine like a limousine would have pulled up, taken him to the palace like to get him prepared to be king, you know, he'd have had his like suit fitting moment. All of this would have gone on. But guess where David goes back to? His sheep. Like it's crazy, isn't it? He's called, he's anointed. And here you go. Yeah, you're going to go back to your sheep. You're going to go back to this where you were in the first place. That actually he goes back to the pasture. And the question I want to ask you today is what do you do when no one's watching? What do you do when no one's watching? <laughs> because many times in, in our lives, we want, we want this new word from God. We love it. We love it. We want this new, this fresh, this new word from God. And I, I wonder if sometimes God's asking us, have you been faithful with the old word I gave you? Like with the word before, like I asked you to forgive. Have you done the forgiveness part. I, I ask you to be obedient with the word that I've gave you. What have you done with the old word? Many times we're searching for the new word, but maybe it's obedience with what God has given us. What do we do when no one's watching? What are we doing? Have you been faithful with that old word? You see, we have to realise and know exactly what it is that God has given us. It's in my title here. You've been called. You're called, every single one of you, you're called. Whoever you are, 
whatever life may have looked like, you have been called by God. You have a purpose on this earth. You have a calling. And your job is to begin to discover that calling that God has placed within your heart. The Bible tells us that God placed the desires in our heart, that actually you have a calling, you have a purpose. And and that purpose and that calling is not just to hold on tight, to bunker up, to take yourself off to the Peak District into a bungalow where no one can see you, Turn off your mobile phone so you've got no mobile reception. You, you know, have no friends. Like, just wait till that's it. And then all of a sudden, I get to heaven. Phew, thank God, life's over. No, no, no. You have a calling right now on this earth. You have a calling on this earth and that calling has influence attached to it. It has significance attached to it. It has so much of what God has for you attached to it and it's for right now, you have a calling. You're also, you have an anointing. Um, There's no anointing outside of calling. Like you can't just sit in your front room just like basking in the anointing of God. You know, you're anointed for your calling. You're anointed. Let me show you. Because Jesus was anointed with a calling. Jesus, uh, on this earth, he gets, he's baptized and then he gets whisked off to the wilderness. 40 days, he's tempted for 40 days. So he comes out of that. He's ready to start his ministry. He goes to the synagogue and the first scripture he reads is in Isaiah. And it says this, and let me get it. Luke 4, verse 18, he says this, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me too. He has anointed me too. You see, there's, there's this anointing for your calling. You've been anointed too. Jesus anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to release the oppressed. There's this anointing on your life and it's not just for you to bask in it and to just sit in it and it's just for me. No, there's an anointing for your calling. And so you have an anointing. You also have a gift. So many people have many gifts. They're all different. Sometimes we want somebody else's gift. We want to be able to sing. We want to be able to, you know, do many things. We want to have, you know, the gift of making money. Okay, I thought I might get some amens for that one. But they're all different. But they're all needed. We have a gift. You see, you're called. You're anointed and you're gifted. But many times we're waiting. We're waiting. You see, if you get on purpose with God, you'll know you're called, you're anointed and you're gifted. David has all of this, but why is he still waiting? Why for many of us are we still waiting to be released into all that God has got for us? Why are we still waiting? I wanna present to us tonight that maybe God does something special in the waiting. Maybe he forms us in the waiting. Maybe it's in the waiting in the secret place that actually the power of God begins to be released. So actually when I do get to the place of the palace, when I do get in that position that God wants me to be in, when I do get released into everything, I'm not 
trying to play catch up, but I'm ready for all that God has got for me because I've already been preparing. I've already been getting ready in the secret place. I want to present to us tonight that God has something for us in the waiting. But we hate waiting. And just like we hate waiting, we want this now. Like in this moment, we want things now. But if you take the circumstance and you can change your view of waiting. I mentioned about me and Debbie and, and uh, you know, we dated for a bit and, and then we got engaged and got married. And, um, but like at 16, I was like, you know, like where's the girl? And you go chasing girls. Now, a certain flower girl, she's not here tonight, but one of them is, but a certain flower girl uh, who was at our wedding, Chloe Sheldon, is like around 16, 17, 17. She can wait forever. Like praise Jesus for waiting. Come on. Like I've got a shotgun ready. I'm not joking. Like this is, your view of waiting changes, doesn't it? Like it can change. We hate waiting. We want it now. But Chloe, you can definitely wait. Ella, you can wait even longer. <laughs> There's something to the waiting that works for the purpose of God. There's something in the waiting. Let's take a moment. Let's pretend we don't know the end of David's story because many of us do in this place. At the end of David's story is he becomes king. He kills a giant called Goliath. He's called a man after God's own heart. David doesn't know this in this moment. Like he doesn't know this and he goes back to sheep. He goes back to waiting. Like we don't know the end of our own story and some of us it feels like we're going back to sheep. Well, let's go back into the waiting and in, you know, looking after the sheep and whatever it may be. And let's begin to be faithful with that because in that God will work something for good. He'll work something for purpose. He'll grow us. He'll mold us. He'll shape us. For many of us, we feel like we've been waiting so long, we can't even remember the exact words that were, you know, kind of said over us. This is what's going to happen or the dream or we can't, can't remember the exact, you know, it was once so vivid. We can't even remember what clothes we were wearing when it happened. We can't remember because it feels like it was so long ago. But I wonder if God is up to something in your waiting wonder if God is up to something in the waiting. Because I know this, God is faithful. He's faithful. Uh, the Bible tells us that the word of God will never return void. It will never return void. He's faithful. It will happen. It will come to pass. There will be a victory. I am going to see a victory. When will it happen? I don't know. At an appointed time. At a divine time. We want it now. But maybe in the waiting, God is doing something in the background. I like to say it this way, that God is doing more in the background than I can see in the foreground. I believe that in people's lives, but I believe that in the waiting as well. You see, many people we see being used by God, they had a long pathway to get to where they were. Like, there are many, many Instagram famous pastors now. You know, we would maybe call them 
you know, uh, Christian celebrities. Uh, I don't like it. They've just been, you know, they've just got this elevation. One of them leads a church called Elevation as well. They've just got this elevation. But let me tell you, there's a long story before that. A story of being a youth pastor and driving and going, picking kids up from, you know, miles away to bring them to a youth ministry. You know, like speaking to 50 young people and when no one could hear their messages, preaching like their life depended on it in front of 50 young people, just willing to be faithful with the season that they were in, willing to do that week in, week out. When they were weren't getting the response that, you know, that how good their message was. I know how they feel. Uh, It's been faithful continually. (laughs) Might not be what I see in the future, but I'm going to keep preparing in the waiting. I'm in the waiting. Whatever it might be, you might be looking, wanting a miracle, wanting a breakthrough. Maybe God's doing something in the waiting, in the moments, in the background, in the waiting. You see, I can emphasize with David because there are many dreams and there are many things that God has placed on my life. And I, I guess that's the same for each and every one of us. And, and I can empathize with David because I kind of think here's what I would feel. I've been anointed to be king. I should be in the palace now. Like I should be there now. I should be ruling and leading, at least getting ready. Like at least Saul should like give me, you know, some kind of platform. He should, he should let me speak to the people because they're going to be my people. I'm going to lead them. So at least he should let me speak. Actually, Saul should let me speak into some of the, you know, decisions he's going to make. Surely that should happen. But David just faithfully goes back to looking after sheep. He just faithfully goes back to the pasture. He just faithfully goes back. And many times we get frustrated when we're waiting. We get frustrated and we try and push doors that don't need to be pushed at that moment. We try and push doors that, you know, like we shouldn't be pushing in this moment. We're just going to be faithful with where God has placed us and believing he'll begin to open doors and he'll begin to move us forward. Why? Because we're called. We're anointed, we're gifted, but it's in the waiting that God will begin to mold us. He'll begin to mold us. I believe he's up to something in the waiting. And there's a responsibility in the waiting on each and every one of us. We, we kind of want God to do everything. We want him to call us. We want him to anoint us. We want him to give us the gifts. And then we want him to transport us into that position. But I've come to realize this with God and reading his word, that God does everything in partnership with us. Let me let let you understand how, how much he wants to do in partnership with us. His mission plan for humanity includes you. That's huge. Like his rescue and mission plan for every single person includes you and me. His rescue and mission plan is about partnership. It's about working through each and every one of us. His redemption plan for humanity is partnering with each and every one of us. The the renewal of what we see as the earth right now, that is in partnership with each and every one of us. Heaven coming to earth is in partnership with each and every one of us. That's 
how much God wants to use each and every one of us. And that's why we have to do something. It's why we have to put some action to our faith. Put some action to our faith. And so I'm going to call the worship team back up and I'm going to worship in a moment. But so what do we do in the waiting? What do we do when no one's watching? What is the thing we do? Well, I read that verse right at the start in 1 Samuel 16. And it's kind of like the servant gives a description of David. Actually, in verse 12, and the team will put it up, there's another description. I, I think the writer has a little bit of a crush on David. Uh, so this talks about when Jesse sends for David to come in, and it says, so he sent and had him brought in. He was ruddy with a fine appearance and handsome features. And then the Lord said, rise and anoint him. He is the one. You can see why I think he had a crush on him. Um, but in verse 18, it says, uh, this is David. He knows how to play the harp. He is brave. He's a brave man and a warrior. He's a brave man and he's a warrior. He's a brave man and he's a warrior. That's the word of God on the floor. Sorry, Jesus. Why did we need to know that? Like, why did we need to know that he, you know, he plays the harp? Why did we need to know that he's a brave man and he's a warrior? Why do we need to know that? Well, I wonder if there's something significant we keep missing. I wonder if there's something significant that keeps missing. Like, what stands out? What doesn't fit in? Plays the harp and he's a brave man and a warrior. He plays the harp and he's a brave man and a warrior. Like, he plays the harp. He plays the harp. You see what stands out? It's like in, you know, when you're in, in nursery and they say, uh, they give you two triangles together in a circle and they say, which one doesn't fit in like the triangle hole and you're still trying to put the circle one in. I'm still trying to get you to realize he plays the harp. He plays the harp. Like, I don't know much about the harp. We haven't got one up here tonight. But I, I did a little bit of research and to play the harp requires some finesse. It requires some finesse. It requires a delicate touch. Actually, the, the, one of the articles that I read, it said playing the harp is like a dance. It requires skill. He's a brave man. He's a warrior. And he plays the harp. And he plays the harp. <laughs> like Jake's not a bad guitarist. And I'm going to put him off while he's tuning right now. I tried to learn to play guitar. Ben tried to give me lessons. He's a terrible teacher. <laughs> it's true. It's very true. But like just watching Ben or Jake or any of our other guitarists, it kind of looks natural. Kind of looks like they were born for it. But I want to submit to you, I, I think I could have been as much called to play the guitar as Jake. I could have been as much anointed to play the guitar as Jake. I definitely could have been as gifted as Jake. But at 16, while I was chasing girls, Jake was in his bedroom playing his guitar in the waiting 
He's practicing what he's got. See, David's out in the pasture with his harp. He's practicing. He's in the waiting. I could just be as called, as gifted, as anointed, but it's what I do in the waiting that propels me into everything that God's got for me. It's what happens in the waiting. You see, the real reason he's on the guitar is because in the waiting, he's practicing. And Ben would say he needs to practice more. But anyway, it's in the waiting. In the waiting, he was working. In the waiting, David's working. He's just playing his harp. He's playing away. And I read that verse and, he, and that verse comes about because Saul, who is king, asked for a harp player. He actually asked for a good harp player. We see it in verse 17. He says, so Saul said to his attendants, find someone who plays well and bring him to me. Bring him to me. Bring this harp player who, who is gonna calm my soul. Bring this harp player who's gonna come into the palace. Bring this harp player who's gonna come. You see, before there was any platform for David, any Instagram, anything that may have been going on, he's in the pasture practicing and playing his harp. And though he may not have had any kind of stage or anything going on, he's in the field waiting and he's practicing, waiting for the move of God. And let me tell you this, when the move of God came, who was ready? David was ready. Will we be ready for the move of God? It's in the waiting. What will we do in the waiting? Will we be ready for the move of God? Or when the move of God comes, will we be playing catch up? It's like, oh, I've got to catch up with everything that God wants to do. When the move of God comes through Icon, Music, will we be ready as musicians? Because we've been practicing in the background, believing that God can move. For anyone who speaks on stage, will we be practicing in the background, ready for the move of God? When people come in there, hundreds and thousands, and come and hear the message of Jesus, will we be ready or will we be playing catch up? What about your world? Will you be ready for the move of God wherever God has placed you? David's in the field waiting playing the harp, <laughs> begin to put that into action in the secret. Begin to put the calling, the gifting, the anointing into action in the secret when nobody is watching. Paul, who's a writer in the New Testament, writes two thirds of the New Testament, writes to a whole load of churches. And he writes to a church in a place called Philippi. And a lot, when you read Paul's books, Galatians, Philippians, Ephesians, whatever it may be. Don't just read it as like third party. I'm hearing what he's saying to another church. Hear what he's saying to you. And he has this theme of participation. I love this verse in Philippians 4 and verse 9. It says this, whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. Like in the waiting, put it into practice. When no one's watching, put it into practice. And there's a promise attached to it. And the God of peace will be with you. That whatever you've seen, whatever you've heard, whatever you've learned, begin to put it into practice in the background, in the waiting. Because guess what? There's a move of God coming and I'm going to be ready for the move of God. But the formation happens in the waiting. We're waiting for perfect, but actually I'm gonna put into practice what I've learned, what I've heard, what I've seen from other people. So my simple question tonight is, what will you do in the waiting? What will you do in the waiting? 
What are you doing when no one's watching? Will you prepare yourself ready for a move of God? For a move of God wherever you may be placed. Let's stand. I'm going to pray for us. And then we're going to worship together. And we're going to believe tonight that God is going to speak and His Spirit's going to move in this place. Lord Jesus, we thank You. We thank You that You're at work in our lives. And though we make me feel we're in a waiting season, we know You're at work in our lives. And we declare over everything that You've given us that we are called, we're anointed and we're gifted. And we thank You that You've given that each and every one of us. And today as we're waiting for that move of God, waiting for that palace moment, waiting for that call up to, to get on the field, today we will be putting into practice what we've learned, what we've seen. Today that even though we may feel like we're in the pasture, we're going to play our harp. And we're going to declare today, we're going to grow and move through everything. I pray over every single person in this place. I pray for anyone who feels like they've been waiting for a long time. I pray that right now they would know that you're growing and you're moulding and you're doing something significant in the waiting. We believe it, God, that there's a move of God coming. And we declare that we're going to be prepared for that move of God. We're going to be prepared for everything that you've got for us. And so we ask you, fill us with your Holy Spirit. Let us know you're leading. Let us know you're guiding. And we know today that whatever it may be we waiting for, we know we're going to see a victory. We know we're going to see a future greater than ever before. And so today, Jesus, we give you our lives again and we say, have your way. We give you all honour, all glory and all praise. And everyone said, come on, let's sing. We hope you enjoyed this podcast from Icon Church. If you'd like any more information about Icon Church, log on to our website at www.icon.church. Have the best week.